Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Be Real, episode 90. That's just crazy to me. Maybe I should have people over for episode 100. (laughs) Maybe we should have a party because I'm like, what? I started doing this during COVID, like right during the shutdown. And if you listened to my first couple episodes, my, my goal was to get to episode eight because most podcasts fail after seven. So to be saying, hey, welcome to episode 90 kind of floors me. But God's got his plan and I'm along for the ride. So today I want to talk to you about a book that I just finished reading with a small group at church. We did a book club, five weeks. It's a book by Allie Beth Stuckey and it's called You're Not Enough and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. I know when I posted this title, there were many people that were like, what? No. I had friends say, yeah, that's exactly opposite of what I'm working on. I'm working on loving myself. I was like, I get it. And I said, and this is just the title. I hadn't read the book. I did not pre-read this book. I just said, this is something I really want to read. So I'm inviting people to come alongside me to read it with me. And then we'll talk about it. If we don't like it, then we talk about it. If we like it and we find value to it, then we talk about it. Like we don't have to 100% love every part of it or agree with every single bit of it to be able to sit down and dialogue. So that is what we did. And the first two weeks were, were a lot. I actually think we lost people after the first week. This ladies, this is my, uh, unsolicited, unasked for a book review, because I actually want to encourage everyone to read it. It is super eye-opening. I think it's written maybe geared toward women, but there's no reason men wouldn't be able to gather from it all of the same applicable truths and concepts, because this is about our culture. She is writing about the context of the culture in which we live every single day right now, and she's addressing five myths that the world and our culture tells us, perpetuates, makes a lot of money on trying to get us to believe and to read about and to grow in and go to conferences for. And she's like, and it just doesn't measure up against the word of God and what God has for us. And it was such a great book. It was a really wonderful experience to have these discussions with a, with groups of believers. Be like, so what do you think about this comment? Was this true? Did this hit home? At the end, at my table on the last week, we asked, so it's great. We read a book, but but what now? Like, what did this do for each of us individually? What do we walk away with? And would we recommend the book to somebody else? Would we not? There was a resounding yes, absolutely. We would recommend this book to somebody else. I have five more books in my shopping cart online because I just keep thinking of young women and friends that I want to share this book with, because it's very eye-opening. We have to be so careful living in this world, but also wanting to not be of this world, but of the spirit, to be able to figure out where is the line where we hear the wisdom of the world contrary to the wisdom of God. Is there ever a place where those two things match up? But we have to be in constant evaluation of, well, wait, is this culture that's slipping into my belief system that should be foundationally rooted on the wisdom of God. What does that look like in my life? Am I, am I doing those things? Do I think that way? Huh? Have I ever thought about that phrase before? A lot of eye-opening things. I want everybody to read the book. It's not a long book. It's a short gift, like those gift size books. But there's a lot of information and part of it is kind of heavy. The first couple chapters were a little rough, like 
we probably could have taken multiple weeks to unpack the first two chapters. And then it speeds up a little bit. So I just want to briefly kind of talk about overall what this book is to give you a little bit of insight into it. Um, and then ask that you just kind of prayerfully consider, do I have time margin in my life? Do I want to say yes to something like this to read it? But to be able to read it with my eyes wide open and to ask myself, well, wait, do I see this? Do I recognize this in culture? I think the answer is going to be a very easy yes. And then after that, to turn the mirror around and be like, okay, so what, if any of this, do I recognize in me? Because I know that we all walked away feeling like our eyes are wide open now to the world around us and the things that maybe we just dismiss or we hear and we don't think a lot about. And now just being presented with it, the areas in life that it slips into, we're like, oh, I see it even more readily now. Now, Ali Bastucki, she is a political commentator. So she will use political topics to help make some of her points that may not be overly popular with you. A lot of people that keep faith and religion separate. Well, she does a really good job of pointing out how one thought process can lead to another and lead to another. But she talks about motherhood. She's talking about parenting. She's talking about humility. She's talking about jobs and our entitlement culture, our perfectionism, how we feel we have to love ourselves. She actually walks through the five, five myths is the premise of the book. And the first myth that she discusses is the title of the book. Myth number one being you are enough. And I think that was our biggest discussion and talking about like, so are we enough? Are we enough for this life? Are we enough for this world? Are we enough for all of the things that we hope to do? And the book even talks about like, well, I want to be enough. I know that I personally want to be enough for my spouse. I want to be enough for my children, in my home, in my relationships, in career, like I absolutely want to be enough, but then realize over and over and over that I'm not even enough for myself. I fail, I screw up, I disappoint over and over and over. We're not enough. And that's the topic of the book, like, but that's okay. Like that's a good, freeing, peaceful place to be if we can recognize that because we can't be the struggle inside of us, the things that we have issues with or we're frustrated with, which is why they're like, it's okay. The world with us, don't worry about it. You're enough. Like, just be happy with you. We're only hearing that and people are only saying that because we're not feeling enough. Because if we're honest with ourselves, if we are trying to be real, like the goal of this podcast is to sit and be honest with ourselves, we know that we are not enough. In the depths of our heart, in the thoughts that we have, we know that we screw things up, that we struggle that we cannot be enough for everyone in our lives at all times. We can't be everything to everybody. But for many of us, and at times myself, we work really, really hard to people please and to be all the things and to run around and do all of it for validation, for acceptance, for love. Like feeling enough is a big deal to us. That's how we feel loved. But the point of the book is really pointing out, but you're not And if you keep trying, you might just kill yourself. Physically, literally, emotionally, spiritually, like all the things. It is going to weigh you down. And it's okay. And we need to be okay with not being enough. Because in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul writes to us that he is pleading with the Lord to take away these things, these thorns, whatever, the struggle in his life. Like, God, take it away. I'm sure we all have them. 
I have personality traits that I'm like, Lord, fix this, fix me. Why do I keep dealing with this same problem over and over and over again? I thought we had victory over this, but now it's, but now it's back. And Paul's crying out to God like, hey, will you take this from me? And verse nine, the Lord responds to Paul and says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The point, ladies, being that we are not sufficient. As a child of God, we recognize that it is his grace that is sufficient for us. It is that he is enough, and he lives in in us, and he brings us so many promises in this life. Unfortunately, some of suffering and of difficulties and insults and hardships and being persecuted for our faith, but also that he's with us every single step of the way and that he brings the joy and peace that we can't do on our own in this life because we're constantly giving it away and we don't have it in us to give ourselves. If we are the problem and the struggle, we can't be both the problem and the solution, I mean, think about that. The world is going to tell us, hey, just shine your light. And I, every time I hear that, I'm kind of like, so what light is that? <laughs> Which of my lights do you want to see? Because there are plenty in here that should not be shined anywhere. Trust me. She addresses another myth that I have to love myself before I can love others. And let me just tell you, there are so many parts of myself that should not be loved. That should only be continually rejected and drawing me to repentance and on my knees before the throne, pleading out to God, help me. I do not want to love every single part of me. And we don't have to love ourselves to love others. And I'm not going to go far into the book because she does a wonderful job explaining that whole concept, but that is a pervasive line of thinking inside the Christian church. You need to take care of yourself. Self-love, self-love, ladies and gentlemen, is not the same as self-care as being a steward of the body that you live in and taking care of yourself and your family. It's a little bit more of the self-obsession maybe versus taking care of yourself. So that's the disclaimer. But we live in a world where we are so hyper-focused on ourselves because let's be honest, that is what's easy. That comes easy. We make our decisions, our thoughts our future plans, we do that about ourselves. I mean, that's natural. But this idea of having like a gospel humility where we're actually thinking not less of ourselves, but of ourselves less, but even beyond that, putting others and the good of others above our own, that does not come natural. And that is loving others, even though maybe we don't love ourselves whole and completely because we can't love ourselves whole and completely. And loving ourselves doesn't make us whole. God makes us whole. His grace is sufficient for us. She has a chapter talking about truth, the myth of you determine your truth. We talk a lot about this in episode 13 back in the podcast, affectionately referred to by my children as the episode of called Spitting Truth. It's a good one. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's probably my favorite. 
Another myth she addressed says you're perfect the way you are. Does anybody believe that about themselves? I do not. But here's the irony of our culture is, hey, we can be told you're perfect just the way you are. But let me sell you this mascara that makes your eyelashes thicker or this shampoo and conditioner that makes your hair fuller or no frizz with your curls or, hey, there's this new fitness thing or you need these clothes and check out this swimsuit. Like on one hand, we can be told we're perfect while on the other hand, being sold all of the things that we still need to be made better. I mean, it's eye-opening to think about. You're like, yeah, so that's a lie that culture can't even hang on to. <laughs> like, that's just uh, hypocritical, speaking out of both sides of our mouths. Like, what are all of the little euphemisms and idioms that we could use for this? Like, like it can't be both. You can't tell me I'm perfect the way I am and then try to sell me something to make me better. It doesn't work. She talks in that chapter about our feelings and how to determine if they're valid, they're always real because there are feelings, but are they valid? And how do you determine that? She talks about body positivity. That was a great part of that chapter. I needed that. Her fourth myth that she addresses is you're entitled to your dreams. That came along with some really good discussion about entitlement as a whole and what we believe about ourselves and the world around us. And then the book ends up with the myth, the fifth myth. You can't love others until you love yourself. And she talks about motherhood and marriage in here as well and what that looks like. And they're just real practical examples of what this idea, this concept, this cultural line that we hear, what it actually looks like in our lives and in lives committed to the Lord. So this is a great book to bring our eyes wide open to the rub, to the conflict between the current culture that we live in all day, every day, that is part of our lives that we're not always even aware of, And how does that rub up against the culture that God teaches in his word? When Jesus came onto the scene in the Gospels, when he lived his earthly ministry life, he came and he was counter-cultural. He was trying to turn things back right side up, what people and culture had twisted. But the powers of evil have encouraged to flop and to change and to twist by using partial truth, a little bit of scripture, making things sound biblical and spiritual and good, but but they're off, but they're off. And there are so many things about our culture that are off that as believers, we need to be very aware of. And I thought this book was a great practice of opening my eyes. I know the ladies I was with, they felt like it opened their eyes as to what is going on around them and giving us the opportunity to then really just evaluate our own self and where, what does this look like maybe in our life? And then to just be able to share well with others because it just helps you better understand the world that we are living in right now. And it is an interesting place to be living. Is that the understatement of the year? Like there's some stuff going on and it is pretty interesting, especially if you just sit back and think about it and not react and not get worked up about it, but just sit and think, man, the warfare that is going on right now. I mean, it's always been going on, but let's just focus right now where we're living. Like this is skillful, tactical warfare for the hearts and the minds of the people of the world that we live in. And we've got work to do. We've got some battles to fight. Clever tie-in to my fourth annual Let the Women Retreat weekend coming up September 23rd to the 25th. It is half full. We have 50 spots. 25 of those are full. Registration's been open a week. It's going to stay open until about August 15th. It's $175 a person. includes all your lodging. 
and all of your meals. And the clever tie-in is that we're talking about spiritual warfare. And please be praying over the retreat. If you're able to come or if you're not, be praying over the planners because let's just say the attacks have begun. <laughs> it has started. And I was like, uh, God protect us because this is going to be a long road until the end of September learning and digging into spiritual warfare and probably living it the whole way. So I'm going to pray over each of you that might even be contemplating joining us because I know there's spiritual warfare over whether or not you can even come. If I want to be there, who am I going to room with? How do I ask people? What do I do? Like all of the things that can very easily dissuade us from stepping out into faith, into something that we, that we might need. And that might be an encouragement, time of fellowship with other believers. We're going to have worship time. We're going to have set aside quiet times for you to just go be still in nature, to just rest and rejuvenate. And it's going to be a wonderful time. I hope you can join us. And if you can't join us for that, just a heads up, Jackie Hill Perry is doing um, a speaking tour around the U.S. If you don't know who she is, look her up. I'm a total fangirl and I follow her uh, <laughs> heavily. She's going to be in Chicago August 19th and 20th. Is that right? Or 20th and 21st. It's called Glorify. Um, and it's really, she's going to be walking through seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And what does scripture in the Old Testament, what does it teach us about him? And this is something I'm super passionate about. So I am really excited taking a group of small ladies down there. So join us, get your tickets. I believe there's still some available. It's a Friday night and Saturday until like noon. So you can still have the rest of Saturday and Sunday to go about and do things. I know summer is short. We fill it up really tight. So if you can make that, wonderful. If not, pray over joining us in September in Williams Bay at the Conference Point Center. You can go to my website for registration, ericamconnor.com. Click on the Let the Women Retreat link, the tab on there, and it'll take you right through the registration. You'll get a confirmation email with payment instructions and your spot will be reserved. I hope you can join us. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend as we head into the 4th of July weekend. But have a wonderful day. We will see you next week. 